I was going through trauma, PTSD and depression. My daughter was with me. She was an adult, but still she was with me and, and I had to deal with her and the divorce and this and then that. And I tell you, I think just because of who I am, I think the only way I could survive was to keep going forward. I felt that if I stopped, I was going to fall flat on my face. So I'm a forward thinker, forward mover. I got to be in action. And it just, it's being in business, I think saved me. It saved me by being focused on helping other people. what's going on. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. You may have noticed that so many of the women I've been bringing onto the show lately are talking very openly about their challenges, changing seasons, transitions, or self-doubts, and really identifying how they got and continue to get through it all. Meditation continues to be a tool that so many of them identify as one of the foundational ways they stay tuned into who they are, what's important to them, and how to continue doing the best right thing for them. Whether you've been meditating for years or perhaps you're a relative newbie, check out the guided meditations on the Meditation for Women podcast. These are meditations I've created just for you. I would love for you to take a listen to the Meditation for Women podcast and use it as your own personal library of guided meditations for the exact message that you need to hear during all those ever-changing seasons and transitions and moments of your life. Just search for Meditation for Women on the podcast app that you happen to be listening to this show on, or go to meditationforwomenpodcast.com. Rosie Aiello began her entrepreneurial career shortly after leaving her husband after 25 years of abuse. Back then, she consulted for companies, organizations, and entrepreneurs who wanted to learn how to be more efficient with their time as she provided time management and organizational tools for them to make the most out of their time. But as she worked through her own healing, she realized that she needed to create something bigger, that she had a mission in this world to support women who have been in abuse, just like she had. And thus, the Love is Kind Network was born. Rosie provides group programs, retreats, and other resources to bring women together and give them the support and love they need in order to thrive after abuse. During this conversation, we talk about why she decided to start a business versus getting a job after she left her husband, how she eventually escaped from her ex-husband, what big mindset shifts that she needed to have in order to transition her business from what I call working in her skills with her time management business to working in her mission through the Love is Kind Network. And we also talk about the process she takes herself through every time she starts to doubt or be overwhelmed by her big mission. Whether you've been in an abusive relationship or not, this conversation with Rosie is such a great example of allowing your business to be infused by your big mission, your big why, your big purpose, and how to mentally and logistically make that happen. So let's get on with the show. 
Rosie, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. I'm so, so excited to have you here. You have a really powerful story and this is a giant story. And I want to make sure that you listening hear that... A, first and foremost, I'm going to give a big shout out to Rosie. Please go find out more of her. You're going to find all of her links in the show notes because we're only going to get into a small sliver of Rosie's entire story, but we're going to give you as much of it as possible with the intention that I want you to hear Rosie's story and the sort of business angle that we're jumping in on it as a way for you to feel like, you know what? We all have a journey. And sometimes it's messy and ugly and beautiful and pretty and vibrant and all of that all at once. So I want to dive right in by saying that you lived in a very abusive relationship for 25 years. And when you left, which we'll hear about a little later, when you left, when you physically left that relationship and you came back to the United States, you started a business. And that to me seems like, oh my gosh, you already have so much on your shoulders. Why did you decide to start a business versus going and getting a job or going and just sort of like easing into things? Why did you do that? Well, when I arrived, it was in the middle of the Great Recession. So it was in 2009. It was the middle of 2009. I was old. I was in my late 50s. I was going to these workshops trying to figure out, oh, what do you do with your life kind of thing? (laughs) You know, because I had no other plan. Just to get out was my plan. Then they said, oh, well, do what you're good at. I go, oh, well, I'm, I'm really good at time management, productivity. I had done planning and budgeting and forecasting when I was working in corporate. And of course, planning the escape didn't help, you know, help too. And I swear, as I was looking around and giving the situation them, it was easier to start a business than to write my resume. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it sounds so stupid. But I think, of course, now that I'm in being an entrepreneur, I go, well, maybe that wasn't the best decision. But I mean, it was. I, I just... I couldn't have fit back into the corporate life. I just couldn't. I mean, I think I think that was it too, but I just did it. What did like that first year of business, for example, A, describe to me what your business model was back then. Like what was the actual service that you were providing and what kind of clients were you getting? What did that look like? I was doing how to help them make more money in less time. So your time is precious and time is your money. (laughs) Ben Franklin said time is money. I said time is your money. You better own your own time and what you're doing with it. So I would either create efficiencies for them where they were wasting their time from managing their emails to managing just themselves during the day, creating systems, even from a filing system to whatever it was, whatever they took, I made them custom to make them more efficient in the day. And they were spending time on what matters to them and not on other stuff. And I had all kinds of clients who were mostly one-on-one clients in the beginning. And I did with lawyers because lawyers, they go times on every six minutes, right? Right. So I had a lot of lawyers. I had contractors. I had graphic designers. I had so many different industries. I had even had floral shops work with me. And I had lots and lots and lots of different clients, other entrepreneurs, many, mostly entrepreneurs doing this, this kind of a business. Financial advisors were another big client of mine. So it sounds like, I mean, you didn't really waste any time. Like things just sort of took off for you and you were doing a good job of attracting the clients, being able to help them out. I have to wonder, like, how are you doing that in the after the mental space of having just left this abusive relationship? And you've alluded to an escape, which we're going to talk about in a second. But like in that moment, especially in that first year or two of getting your business started, how did you manage what I'm sure was real emotional life stuff and the intense amount of energy it takes to really get things moving in business and to deliver what you all the services that you are providing? 
Yeah, it's really a good question. And I was going through trauma, PTSD and depression. My daughter was with me. She was an adult, but still she was with me and and I had to deal with her and the divorce and this and that. And I tell you, I think just because of who I am, I think the only way I could survive was to keep going forward. I felt that if I stopped, I was going to fall flat on my face. So I'm a forward thinker, forward mover. I got to be in action. And it just... It's being in business, I think, saved me. It saved me by being focused on helping other people. There was too much pain happening. I needed something that was taking me out of it. And by going for it, just focusing on my clients, focusing on the business, and you bet it was hard. It was really hard because sometimes I would just collapse from all the trauma. I would get triggered and I would be out for days. And and I'm thinking, oh my God, how am I going to ever grow this business? I can barely take a step forward. And I just talk about falling forward. I did a lot of falling. I just (laughs) kept going. I just, I couldn't stop. And maybe it was like, you know, some people eat a lot or do this to satisfy their depression. I think mine was working. You know, you become work and I, I couldn't stop, but I really think it saved me to keep moving and having to focus. Talk a little bit about your escape. And if you can encompass sort of like the experience of the abuse that you had endured and ultimately why you ended up leaving and how you ended up leaving. Because that that whole story has been a big part of the new direction that your business has gone into and with Love is Kind Network. So... Talk a little bit about that story. Talk a little bit about the abuse. Talk a little bit about the relationship and a little bit about the escape that happened. I was married 18 years before I even knew I was in an abusive relationship. People think, you know, how's that even possible? But I was high functioning, like you're high functioning. Like I bet every woman listening to this podcast is high functioning, right? That's just who we are. And so when he would tell me, mine was, it was what we call the invisible wounds. You can't see it. It was the verbal, the psychological, the financial, everything. He would twist things around and make me feel like I was always wrong and doubt myself. So I started to go, is this really true? And I had nobody because I was geographically isolated. I had nobody to challenge that, that, that reality. Plus, I was so sh- ashamed of my situation. I kept it more into myself. So it was just almost a nonstop barrage of insults, belittlements, putting me down, You know, saying, I know you love your daughter, but you're a terrible mother. If you could only be a better wife. It took me a long time. I mean, up until like a year ago before after treatment with the therapist to start to finally believe, yeah, I am a good mother. You know, when you get this brainwashing, you start to believe it. So when my daughter was a junior at the university in Beirut, Lebanon, I told her before that her father's not treating this well because when I discovered it. And then she said, you got to get me away from my father. I can't take it anymore because he started to abuse her, do the same thing. He would stalk her. He would scream at her. He made it hard to see, make her see her friends, made it hard for me to see my friends. We were just, it was just, our world was getting so small. It's like, I was thinking, my God, this is, I have one life to live. This is my life. I'm not going to be a martyr. Sorry, everybody. This is not me. I was deciding to take my life back. And within four months, I planned the escape. I copied documents. I put them on flash drives. I made lists of things I had to do. I started to secretly remove things from the place. And he was pretty much 24-7 at home. Don't even ask me how I did it. It'll be in the book. Let me tell you. I worked with my brother because my brain was so fried. I just became a shell of who I was. Just I could barely think. But so he was really instrumental. And 
we did it sort of like Victor Frankl style of man's search for meaning. I mean, he got out by burying himself with a truckload of dead bodies. We got out by coming with my husband at the time to San Francisco International Airport under the guise that we were coming for a vacation. But I had arranged with my brother to meet me at the airport and take us away. So we arrived. He told my brother, I was so scared to death to talk to my husband. I had my brother talk to him and said, Rosie's upset. She needs some time away. I couldn't even have my brother say, she's leaving you forever. I, I, I couldn't. I was just scared to death. And we just turned away and left him standing in the airport because I knew he wouldn't like to make a scene in public. So I knew him enough to know that. Obviously, there's a lot more to the story. I can see your eyes popping out of your head, but that's just sort of it in a nutshell. And then I tell you, there's nothing like your own freedom. There's nothing like reclaiming your freedom. It's hard. I can't say my life has been a piece of cake, but man, when I look up that window and I know I'm free in my soul, you know, I'm struggling to regain myself. And that's now what I help women do. There's just nothing like having your own freedom. So that's intense. And we're only hearing all of the details for it. But that is the situation with which you left, then eventually started your own business And you did time management, the efficiencies, all that sort of stuff for a good five years or so. Right. And really, it's been recent over the past year or two that you have decided, hey, I'm going to take this entire experience that I have had. And I I really have a big why behind how I now want to help people in this world. So how did the Love is Kind Network come about? And how did you make that transition from... Hey, this is kind of the practical thing that I do. And I help you make your business and your time more efficient to... Oh my God, I help women in domestic abuse really spread this message of love and kindness, right? So first, talk about when you realized that you had to make a shift, that you had to make that transition, that you were no longer going to be just a time management person who helped your clients. My daughter and I had I made a commitment to start writing our story, our memoir. So we started, we're, we're still writing it. It was called 11 Hours to Freedom. And I had been writing for a while. And then I just, I hope it's okay. But I tell you, one afternoon, I had this, I'll say a lecture from God. And he just said, this is what you're doing. And I said, look, I agreed to write the book. I didn't say anything about doing this kind of work. And he said, uh, who do you think you're arguing with here? You know, it was just this <laughs> real, and I was like, it's been a journey to me to accept all of this, this transformation, because that that wasn't on my plate. But I tell you, I have accepted it. It's taken, I bet you about nine months, even though I had that talk with him, it's like, it still took me a little while to fully accept this because I just know too many women are suffering from it. And we believe in why the love is kind network, because I wanted something positive. I didn't want to talk about the abuse. I wanted to say love is kind, not terrorizing. And the time management in your life being precious still holds because you deserve to create the life that you deserve. And that's what we're focused on now and spreading that message. You don't need to live in misery. Every person deserves to be treated with kindness. And it's sad that it's so prevalent, but I'm on this mission. We're on a global mission to save a million women and their children from domestic violence as I do this work to help women in their own growth of realizing who they are and reclaiming their voice, their confidence, their courage so they can create the life that they deserve and have a productive life. When you're sucked down by abuse, you can't be your full self. You can't be fully expressed. You think you are, but you're not. So what is the Love is Kind Network business model? How are you stepping into that? How are you making a business out of 
of this obvious work that you are very passionate about? The thing that really struck me is when I was, a lot of women are isolated. I was isolated in so many ways geographically and I was far from, I had no support system at all. And I just said, I don't want to be alone. I don't want women to be alone. I think that is the worst thing is for us to be alone. So the model I've created is a group programs and group retreats and group this. It's like, you're not going to be alone in my community. I would say on a very exceptional basis, I might do a private client, but that's not the model I want. I want women to be together so they can hear each other's stories. So they really realize that they're not alone in this journey of feeling whatever it is that they're feeling. So to me, it's I do group programs, group masterminds, retreats. Those are the things that I'm doing. And it is worldwide. So all the work is done online except for when we do live retreats. But we, we're doing online retreats too. We'll be focusing on online retreats as well. I don't want anyone to feel alone that, oh, I can't get out there, so I can't do it. I don't want that. I know how isolated and alone I felt. So... I would imagine and you having this conversation with God and being able to see like, okay, this is what I now have to do. And that requires that I out myself. And by doing that, by the way, outing my former husband, outing my daughter, like it requires that you out your life. So in the business model that you had before of doing the work of your skills, not necessarily the work of your heart, you could be shielded. Like you could just go on, you could work through your own process and evolution of the abuse and continuing to deal with that and the PTSD, but you didn't have to talk about it in order for you to make a life to have a business. This is the exact opposite. This actually puts on fire that you need to put your story out there, that you need to put your life out there. Talk about what kind of mindset shift you had to go through and what challenges you went through to make that shift. This is a great question because I go through it all the time. And let me tell you, this is not like, oh, it's a done deal kind of thing. I've had, and I have these talks with my daughter all the time too. It's like, when I start to get afraid, when I start to get so overwhelmed, it's like uh, when I start to think, oh my God, this mission is so big, I can't do it. When I start to think, oh, he's watching, which he is, and listening, which he is. When I start to think, oh, I go, Rosie, this is not about you. Get your freaking ego out of it. And just think of the women you are helping. And so when I take myself out of the equation and I just focus on them and how I'm going to help them, and even if it's her, one woman, that's what keeps me going. And it's the only thing that keeps me going. I have to be outward focused and I have to catch myself. Like I told you, this is not like, oh, she did it once. No, I have to come because it's a big mission. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? I'm on this train. Somebody said, yeah, you're on the train, but you're the engineer driver. And I go, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I forgot about that. It's like, I can slow it down, can't I? Yes. <laughs> you do have say in this. <laughs> I know that was a big aha during that interview. It's like, oh yeah. Did so you have like, to, did you have to have a conversation with your daughter and or or your ex-husband, I don't know if you're still in conversation with him or not, but like, did you have to have a conversation with your daughter, especially about what you were about to do? Because your story includes her, your movement includes her. Well, yeah. I mean, we're in business together. So obviously, I mean, we're writing the book together because we want to have people understand that viewpoint of a child. And we're in this mission together, but still she's not as far along the path of healing as I am. So she'll get triggered a little bit more. And I tell her, we just can't, like when he comes stalking us or he's stalking my Facebook friends, I'm just telling, I'm sorry about that. Just this is what I have to deal with. We have a bigger mission. Our mission is bigger. We're going to help these women. And if we're, if we get afraid, if we shut down, one, he will win 
Two, it's that would destroy me as a human being because that's who I am now. And three, it's just, we will heal as we do this. And I can't tell you how many women keep telling me your story, your, how you're helping women are, is so important. So that gives me encouragement to keep going when I get afraid. I'm not going to tell you that I don't get afraid. And it's like, oh my God, let me just go to Timbuktu. <laughs> you know? But then it's like, I just can't. I'll go to Timbuktu and help. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real place. <laughs> I mean, it just speaks to like those moments of fear. Like every single one of us as, as human beings in general, especially for the sake of this podcast, on our entrepreneurial journeys, we have those moments of like terrified to step into the path that we know we need to go into. And we just need to walk it. We just need to take those steps. Rosie, there's something pretty unique about the mission that you are on versus, let's say, a, a different kind of a mission that other women might have, like different missions, kind of callings that somebody else might have towards impacting the world, right? Like this, your mission has a very real element of potential violence here. There is potential for scary stuff. You're dealing not only with your history and let's say your husband and sort of real repercussions of coming out about that, about your history, right? But all of the women that you're attracting are having their own stories with their own pasts that abusers want to keep covered. So there's a lot of potential for like real things happening of like, I would imagine you probably have women coming to you who are maybe in dire situations who want to ask your advice or what should you do or what kind of resources are available. I mean, it's not funny stuff. Like this is real hardcore life situations that are happening here, right? So what do you do with that? The realness of it, like the darkness that it can really elicit, even though your mission is one of light, it comes with darkness. So what do you do and how do you handle that darkness that can come as a repercussion of the mission that you're on? When people started telling me that, that, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to attract that. I was afraid of that part, to be honest with you. And it's true. Women come to me and I will send them depending where they are in their stages. You know, I have, of course, I, I did an escape. I have an escape plan. I can give them guidance on that. And I refer them to other organizations where they are to help them on that part of where they are. Again, my goal is to focus on what we want with love being kind. And I will always direct them on that, that they deserve it because they're in such a situation that they don't feel like they deserve it. They've been so beaten down emotionally, psychologically, that it's hard to break out of it. But I will just encourage them that they deserve it. I've seen women go in and out of it. It's hard to extricate yourself from that. I will usually work with women who are already out. And if they still, if they have deep trauma, I will refer them to a therapist or somebody else. Well, I would work, you know, we can work in tandem, for example. I don't do that work because that's, first of all, it's not my expertise and that's not where I want to be. I mean, I do a lot of subconscious work and help in a lot of modalities to help them move forward, but I don't stay there. And I just know I'm helping them and I have to be kind to myself, right? And that's, we can go there too. It's like, I was in this situation where I was being abused. When I got out, I started to just abuse myself because I was used to it, put myself down. And women do that all the time. Well, that's self-abuse. Well, hello, ladies. We're not doing that. So I had to teach women how to be self-compassionate, how to be self you know, how to give themselves self-kindness because I've had to do that. And I know how important it is and how easy it is to not do that. It's crazy. But we just have to keep focusing on what we want and that you deserve it. Focus on what you want and you deserve it. And I just keep going there. What are the biggest challenges you're having right now from a business perspective in manifesting your mission? 
through your Love is Kind network? What are the biggest... Even Maybe they're logistical. Maybe they're mindset challenges. Maybe they're organizational challenges. What challenges are you having right now as you're infusing your business with your mission? As we're building this business, you know, really figuring out the right words that will attract the right woman at the, at the right time in her life. We're, we're finding out there's different periods in their life. So making sure we have the right messaging so they can hear that they need that. Creating the right series of programs. We have some programs lined up and just to make sure that we're listening to them and really reaching out, being able to have reach out to them in the right way so that we can support them. It's always the challenge. And that's why, you know, doing this podcast, doing my own podcast, doing the email marketing, all of that. Those are real things that we have to go through. And a lot of women are not ready to hear it. I mean, I wasn't. Even when I realized it's like, you know, we go into denial and I will just keep telling them the message until they're ready to hear it. So when they're ready, they'll be able to walk their own because I want every woman to be able to live this life. Because I know for sure when a woman is unshackled by abuse, she can create the life that she deserves. She can have a joyful life and it impacts her children. We're not talking about just the woman. This is generational. And I'm here, just telling you, I'm here to be the disruptor. We have to stop the ripple effect of this. And it's going to be the woman. She has to stop and say no more. And this is not about men bashing. It's I mean, men get abused too. All I'm saying is like, we don't need you to put us down and diminish us. You can keep your power. Just don't diminish mine. Don't put me down. Don't insult me. We can be a win-win. With kindness, it's a win-win. There's never a win with abuse. There's never a win with diminishing somebody. It's never a win. I love it. Rosie, it's obvious that you are on a massive mission, very purposeful one, a very guided one. And I'm so grateful that you got to share a little bit about the internal workings of your evolution here on the Biz Women Rock podcast. Make sure to go to the show notes for this particular episode to check out all the links where you can get a bunch of a a direct link to Rosie's private Facebook group that you can learn more about the Love is Kind network and get included in that group. So if this resonated with you on the content level, like if it really resonated you because you have gone through abuse, any kind of abuse, there's no better or worse kind of abuse. Like it's all not a good thing. So you have ever experienced any of the spectrum of the abuse, go join her private Facebook group that allows you to be connected to other women as well. And you will get the link for 11 Hours to Freedom book and all of the information there. So make sure you do that. You find out more about Rosie's story. And I just really want to thank you so much for sharing it with us here today. Oh, thank you. It's been such a pleasure to be with you. Today's show is brought to you by Active Campaign, the only email marketing system you'll ever need. After nine years with the same email marketing provider that I was really, really not happy with, I was desperately searching for one that was simple, easy to manage, and affordable. Active Campaign easily stood out above the rest, and I have been ridiculously happy with them ever since I made the switch. Emailing my community and creating automation series for special resources has never been so simple. Whether you're ready to start your first email marketing setup or you are searching for a new provider, I highly recommend Active Campaign. Go check them out at bizwomenrock.com forward slash AC. That's for Active Campaign. Bizwomenrock.com forward slash AC.